Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Friday, February 2nd, 2024. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, a rundown of some interesting details from Tech's big earnings day yesterday. Rufus is Amazon's AI-powered shopping assistant. The browser company continues to be the catalyst for me thinking about how AI is going to change the web. And of course, the weekend long-read suggestions. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Yesterday was a huge earnings day for tech companies, but not for any, wow, something really bad or something really good was reported reasons. Meta did good, but more on that in a second. No, this is all just a bunch of bits and pieces that the earnings revealed. For example, on Apple's earnings call, CFO Luca Mestri revealed that the EU represents 7% of global App Store revenue for Apple. So that gives you some context about their motivations to, or to what degree, to not comply with various EU regulations. Tim Cook said Apple does not intend to license Massimo's blood oxygen detection patents to end the Apple Watch import ban. So they're digging their heels in there. But Cook also said that Apple is spending, quote, a tremendous amount of time and effort on AI features that the company plans to announce, quote, later this year. So, start the hype engines for the WWDC of the AI era. We'll note that Amazon also reported earnings yesterday, but, you know, whatever. Stock up 5%, so they did good. But on to Meta. As I said, they did double-plus good. Their stock is up more than 15%, with the market cap back above $1 trillion for the first time in a while. Q4 revenue for Meta was up 25%. Net income was up 201% to $14 billion. And the daily active people number among their family of apps was up 8% to $3.19 billion. Here's a crazy thing. They're still growing usage of their apps, even in North America, even now. Heck, more people are using Facebook every quarter, even in North America, than they ever have. And people are becoming more active than they ever have on Facebook. Daily active users on Facebook are, I believe, at an all-time high. So if you, like me, tend to think of Facebook as sort of a zombie legacy app long past its prime, I am here to tell you that in terms of pure raw numbers, this is Facebook's prime right now. More tidbits in Meta's earnings call. Zuckerberg said Apple's changes to comply with the EU's DMA are, quote, so onerous that he doubts any developer, including Meta, would adopt them. He also said that Threads is now bigger than it was even in its first wave of excitement and interest peak earlier in the summer. 130 million monthly active users, according to Zuck. And it is, in his words, quote, growing steadily. Meta will also begin paying a 50 cent per share dividend for the first time and authorized a $50 billion share buyback. Also, remember what I said about Meta being uniquely positioned for this AI moment, perhaps? Also on the earnings call, Zuck said Meta estimates its public user data available for it to train AI on is greater than the internet's common crawl data set, which is over six petabytes. And finally, the metaverse. It's still a thing. Still quite a thing, if you look at raw numbers. Meta's Reality Labs unit had revenue of $1 billion in Q4, but had a record operating loss of $4.65 billion as well. That means that, historically, the metaverse division has now lost over $42 billion just since the end of 2020. $42 billion. Quoting the great Peter Kafka, Meta in 2022, we are going to spend so much money on the metaverse. Wall Street in 2022, boo. Meta now, we just lost $16 billion on the metaverse and we're going to lose more money next year. Wall Street now, 
Amazon has launched Rufus, an AI-powered shopping assistant trained on its product catalog and information from around the web. It's launched it into beta for some U.S. customers, quoting TechCrunch. The company tells TechCrunch it built a new internal LLM specialized for shopping to power this experience and then trained it on its data and, quote, publicly available data from across the web. It did not say if that data included other publicly available retail websites, however. For example, Amazon suggests a customer in the market for running shoes could ask Rufus questions like, what to consider when buying a running shoe? What are the differences between trail and road running shoes? Or are these durable? Customers researching other products could also ask things like what to consider when buying headphones, what to consider when detailing my car at home, what are clean beauty products, what do I need for cold weather golf and more. Or you can simply tell Rufus something you want to do, like I want to start an indoor garden. The AI can also help with product comparisons or make recommendations if you ask things like what are good gifts for Valentine's Day or what are the best dinosaur toys for a five-year-old. After Rufus answers, the customer can continue to browse through more refined results. In other words, you can chat with the AI assistant much as you do with other consumer-facing AI chatbots like OpenAI's ChatGPT or Google's Bard, the latter of which also includes shopping integrations. Rufus will initially be available in beta to select customers in the U.S. within the Amazon mobile app, where it's launched by tapping on a new button in the bottom navigation bar. Customers can both type or speak their questions into the AI's chat dialog box that appears at the bottom of the screen. When finished, customers can return to the Amazon app by swiping down on their screen to dismiss the chat dialog box back to the bottom of the screen." End quote. Cloudflare says it was hacked in November of 2023 by a suspected nation-state attacker who used auth tokens stolen in Okta's breach from October of 2023, quoting Bleeping Computer. The threat actor first gained access to Cloudflare's self-hosted Atlassian server on November 14th and then accessed the company's Confluence and Jira systems following a reconnaissance stage. To access its systems, the attackers used one access token and three service account credentials stolen during a previous compromise linked to Okta's breach from October that Cloudflare failed to rotate out of thousands were leaked during the Okta compromise. Cloudflare detected the malicious activity on November 23rd severed the hacker's access in the morning of November 24th, and its cybersecurity forensic specialist began investigating the incident three days later on November 26th. While addressing the incident, Cloudflare's staff rotated all production credentials, over 5,000 unique ones, physically segmented test and staging systems, performed forensic triage on 4,893 systems, re-imaged and rebooted all systems on the company's global network, including all Atlassian servers, Jira, Confluence, and Bitbucket, and machines accessed by the attacker. Remediation efforts ended almost one month ago on January 5th, but the company says that its staff is still working on software hardening as well as credential and vulnerability management. The company says that this breach did not impact Cloudflare customer data or systems. Its services, global network systems, or configuration were also unaffected, end quote. If you know what Cloudflare does, then you know why it's a big deal that a nation-state actor was trying to get into them. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity. 
but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? That's easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. I use this, and you should too. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So, get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The browser company continues to be one of the most interesting startups we cover, I think, and no, again, I am not an investor, full disclosure, but the startup behind the Arc web browser and more recently Arc Search announced what they called Act 2 of their company today. In fact, what they're calling a new category of software. They did a bit of Steve Jobs announcing the iPhone callback. It's a web browser, a search engine, and even web pages themselves all in one. Basically, they continue to do this mission of you tell Arc what to do and it will go out on the internet and do it for you. The interesting new features they announced included what they're calling instant links for when you know exactly what you want. Quoting The Verge, The new Instant Links feature is a way to use AI to skip a search engine. If you're looking for something specific, like that epic blank space performance from Taylor Swift's Sydney stop on the 1989 World Tour, you can just ask Arc's AI bot for it, and it'll dump that link in an open tab into your sidebar. The browser company also suggests grabbing a bunch of product reviews for your comparison or some good-sounding recipes. Anytime you might go to Google and click the first eight links, Arc can just dump those links into your tab bar, end quote. And quoting Mac Stories. This feature uses large language models as Arc goes out and browses for you to return the results. But a critical point here is that at no point does a search engine appear on screen, effectively cutting someone like Google out of the picture. How accurate this feature can be remains to be seen, but if it does what it promises, it should make finding things you want much quicker, end quote. That's available today on the Arc browser. The next new thing isn't coming until the 15th, but 
it's something they called live folders. With this, it's almost like they're bringing back RSS feeds and Google Reader and everything from 2008. Essentially, these are live data streams that live in the sidebar of your browser. So if I want to get updated every time there's news on, say, the browser company, there's a Google Alert-style section you can go to to catch up. These can even be actual pings. In the video, they mentioned that if you get tagged in GitHub or Linear, you can have a tab pop up that gets your attention, almost like bringing Slack into the browser where you're working. They put the call out for other companies and developers to work with them to build out this feature too. The third thing was something they called Arc Explorer that seems to build off that Browse For Me button in their Arc Search iOS app, quoting Mac Stories again. Arc Explorer is the same as Browse For Me, but taken to its logical next step. After the personalized web page of results is generated, you will be able to ask follow-up questions or query parts of the summary that you want to learn more about. This works conversationally, which is very different from how we currently search for something. You scan the results, tap for more, or search again, rinse and repeat. The demo of this is impressive, but Miller did note that this isn't the finished form and no date has been set for this feature. Even the name isn't final, end quote. Again, the analogy I would make here is, what if you could go to ChatGPT and collaboratively work with the bot to browse the web? Like a personal web browsing butler? Anyone remember Ask Jeeves? Web browser, web pages, search engine, they're putting it all behind their web browser app. That ceases to be a web browser in a way, and almost is closer to what we're imagining these AI agents to be like someday, eventually. Replacing Google with a perplexity-style AI search engine that lives inside of their cross-platform Chrome killer, as our friend Chris Messina put it. The browser company went hard at Google in their announced video. They mentioned SEO stuffed spam pages. They mentioned how the web is breaking up into pieces, just like we've been talking about on the show. They specifically name-checked the LLM and AI moment as the reason why the web can be remade right now. But again, is the web going to be remade by essentially obviating away the constituent parts of the web? Is that what we want? Time for the weekend long-range suggestions. First up, as the pharmaceutical industry adopts AI to speed up drug development, Bloomberg has a look at the challenges facing the industry to prove the effectiveness of AI-aided drugs. Quote, at a panel during the JP Morgan conference, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang told a standing-room-only crowd that within the next decade, drugs could be designed almost entirely in simulation via computing platforms like the ones his company supplies. We are determined to work with you to advance this field, he said. That would make a seismic shift in the world of drug development. It typically takes 12 to 15 years to bring a drug to market, according to BCG. The consulting firm says AI-driven R&D could help cut 25 to 50% of the time and cost of bringing drug candidates to the point of human testing, but it will still require study to prove whether AI-aided drugs have a higher probability of clinical success. Will we, in five years, see full-blown drug discovery based on AI? I think that's the multi-billion dollar sort of question, says Anders Romare. Chief Digital and Information Officer at Novo Nordisk AS, the Danish maker of diabetes drug Ozempic and weight loss shot Wigovi. Novo has already deployed AI throughout the company, using it for everything from speeding up regulatory submissions to overseeing production quality. Workers use ChatGPT inside the company's firewall more than 50,000 times a month, Romare says. But while AI can speed up the work, quote, ultimately putting a drug in the hand of a patient has got to be a human decision based on human knowledge and understanding, he says, end quote. 
The Verge has the story of the scariest song on TikTok. If you've been on TikTok at all, you've probably heard the clip I speak of. You all hands hoist the colors high. He Quoting The Verge, More than a year later, North Sea TikTok took off. There had been a few North Sea is scary videos before, some even with similar crashing wave footage, but things really got rolling around the time of that at UK destinations video in early November. According to TikTok's data, videos with hashtag North Sea have been viewed a total of 2.9 billion times, 2.2 billion of them from the beginning of November to the beginning of January. That's a 315% increase in views during that time over on hashtag North Sea TikTok. TikTok has seen 109.5 million total views, 98.9 million of them in that same time period. North Sea TikTok happened big, and it happened all at once. On TikTok, more than 197,000 videos have been made with the same 60-second clip from Hoist the Colors. It's the North Sea, it's the scariest doll in the world, it's NASA has a megalodon. It's occasionally videos that have nothing to do with any of this, but are just trying to catch the viral wave. The song is number five on TikTok's viral 50 list and number 26 on its overall top 50 chart. Anecdotally, North Sea TikTok is slowing down a bit, at least on my For You feed, but Hoist the Colors is still absolutely everywhere. It's so big that popular creators like Chris Olsen can get mad at the song in their own videos and people know exactly what they're talking about. There are now even parodies of the cover, which is how you know you've really made it, end quote. Then I want to point you to Rolling Stone's list of the 150 most influential science fiction movies of all time. And I know the point of these lists oftentimes is to be a bit controversial, but not putting Star Wars number two is straight up trolling. And finally, from Vanity Fair, an oral history of 30 years ago when Conan O'Brien first took over the late night show from David Letterman, quoting producer Jeff Ross, Norman Michaels brings up Conan's name and says, well, Conan maybe could host it. And the NBC guys were going, you think? I remember Lorne turned to me, not knowing that I had never met Conan, and goes, you think? And I go, maybe. Then NBC said, can we test him? Lorne turns to me and says, Jeff, can we test him? And I was like, sure. Conan O'Brien. There isn't another person in show business who could have said, I have an idea. He's a writer on The Simpsons, but he's got a good look. And I bet in time he'd be a good host. No other person in show business could have said that, end quote. Conan, 30 years ago, that splits two other recent anniversaries neatly. The Mac just turned 40 about a week ago. Facebook turns 20 on Sunday. So there you go. Mac, Conan, Facebook, baby boomers into Gen X, into millennials. This weekend, by the way, the bonus episode is my interview with Chris Dixon about his new book on Web3. Enjoy that if you haven't already watched the YouTube video. Talk to you on Monday.